The presence of the Lord is here tonight. The presence of the Lord is here tonight. If you don't get something out of this service, you're not going to get anything out of any service. But Because God is here. Amen. And if you want to, something from the Lord, you've come to the right place. Because the power of God is here to minister to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, it's easy to preach in a place like this. Amen. Turn to Luke chapter 9. Verses 1 through 6. I know that God is fixing to use this church like he's never used this church before. I believe in the Holy Ghost. That we've moved into a great time in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 9. Verses 1 through 6. Then he called his 12 disciples together. And gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, I feel the Holy Ghost, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves, nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house you enter into, there abide and thence depart. And whosoever will not... receive you when you go out of that city shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them and they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere then luke chapter 10 verse 1 and after these things the lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whatever whither he himself would come Verse 8, and into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you. Eat such things that are set before you, and heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. God, we thank you for your word. I feel your presence. Uh, Lord, I know your anointing is here. I pray that you would anoint your messenger. Lord, I know that your word is anointed, and I pray that you would hide me under the shadow of your cross, God. God, let your word seat where it wants to tonight, God. Uh, let it hit its intended target, I pray, and let us be changed because of it. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. Just for a little while tonight, I want to preach on this subject. Revival does not come in a suitcase. Amen. Revival does not come in a suitcase. I believe tonight uh, if we will realize what God is trying to impart into us and what God is trying to reveal to his people, the people of his name, that mighty name of Jesus, uh, in this day and in this hour, I believe uh, that we're going to see a book of Acts, revival, and greater in these last days. Uh, I believe uh, we're going to see the greatest revival, not somewhere else, uh, but here in Kennebec County. Amen. Kennebec, the greatest revival that Kennebec County has ever seen just before the coming of the Lord. And you better believe the coming of the Lord is nigh. You better be looking up for your redemption draweth nigh. We're very close. You see, when Jesus walked the face of this earth, he performed every miracle that was needed. He healed all manner of sickness and diseases. He raised the dead. He fed a multitude. We talked about it last week uh, with two fish and five loaves of bread. And just before Jesus left, he imparted And anointed his ministry to do everything he did when he was here on this earth. We read it, Matthew 10 and 1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them 
power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. The word of God says that he gave them power. Hallelujah. Many are praying tonight to God, come down here and heal me. God, you just come down and do it yourself. Make a way for me. And God would say, I have anointed a man or woman of God, my ministry, to do everything that I did while I was here on this earth. Acts 19.11 says, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. There are people that would believe that they would receive their healing if the apostle Peter came or if John came. Or maybe the great apostle Paul came and showed up and laid hands upon you. That's not going to happen. They're dead. That's plain and simple. It's not going to happen. They're not coming back. But the ministry that God has placed in your life has the same power that Paul had. Has the same power that Peter and John had. You've got to believe it. We've got to get that in our hearts and realize it's true. We know it's God that heals. But God still uses human hands to reach out and do healing through his power. That's how it works. Acts chapter 5 verse 12. Directly after Ananias and Sapphira got struck down because they lied to the Holy Ghost. Don't lie to the Holy Ghost. Don't lie to God. God knows when you're lying. You can't trick him. And great fear had come upon the church. Understandably, a deep sense of awe due to the fact of God's judgment had come upon the church. It produced a sincere respect for apostolic authority in the church. And it says, And by the hands of the apostles where many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest, there is no man joined himself to them, but the people magnified them. And the believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least, that at the, least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. That's the word of God. So the apostle Paul lays his hands on the people, and God began to do the miraculous, and people are brought into the streets and laid on beds and laid on couches. Come on, they're laid all over the place. And as Peter begins to pass by, his very shadow, amen, comes over them, and they're healed by the shadow of Peter. You know what happened when that happened? When that took place, what happened was testimonies began to break out. People began to tell of the miraculous power of God. Because in verse 16, we just read it. After all those first miracles took place by the passing of shadow, the shadow of Peter walking by and coming over them and them being overshadowed by Peter and that miraculous thing taking place in their life, we read in verse 16, multitudes came out of the cities around Jerusalem bringing sick folks and those who had unclean spirits. They were healed, everyone. Let me tell you something. When the miraculous power of God starts flowing, you need to testify of the goodness of God. And when you begin to testify, brother, of what God's done in your life, all of a sudden somebody else wants to experience what God did in you. And multitudes are going to come because of the miraculous power of God. 
Oh, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. But you know what happens? I know it's not going to happen when you leave this place tonight. But when we, when we go home and we gripe and complain about problems, our pain and our unanswered prayers, no one wants to have any of that. They don't draw anybody to Jesus. But when we go home with a testimony of the miracles like God is going to do and has already done in this place tonight, uh, and a shout of praise uh, upon our lips, uh, when we get to testify of the goodness of God, this building will not contain uh, what God has uh, for Kennebec Valley. You hear me? It's not just words that I'm saying. Time is running out. Uh, the night uh, is almost spent. Uh, it's almost gone. I see in the Holy Ghost, uh, I see harvest fields of white uh, that are ra- waiting for us uh, to step out uh, as the fe- feet and the hands and the mouthpiece of Jesus uh, waiting for us to get to them before that trumpet sounds. Oh, I feel such an urgency in my spirit right now. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Can you feel what I'm feeling right now? There's some call. There's a call from God that's going forth to his people right now saying, time is running out. We've got to get to them. But when we begin to testify of the miraculous power of God, this building, and even the building over there, if we have time to build it, to, amen, it won't contain the revival that God has for Kennebec Valley. I want you to notice that in Acts chapter 5 and verse 12, before any of the miracles transpired, that it says they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. Every time revival breaks out, there is unity. Every time it happens, there is unity. That's why Acts 2 and 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. You want to see the power of God work in a mighty way? Hallelujah. Let the church be in one accord. Let the body of Christ uh, be in one accord. I know I quoted this scripture. I read this scripture about a week ago. But Psalms 133 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. God dwells in unity. Unity brings the anointing. I need to be united with my brothers and sisters in Christ. You need to be united with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. I need to be unified with the godly authority that God has placed in my life if I want to see the anointing flow as it wants to flow. At the very top of Psalms 133, if you'll read in your Bible, you'll see it says, A song of degrees. A song of ascent. Or levels of David. You want to ascend to the next level? Then unify with the body of Christ. If you're feeling stuck on your spiritual elevator right now, in Jesus' name, unify with the delegated apostolic authority that God has placed in your life. Unity will bring you to a greater place in the spirit than you've achieved up to this point in your life. We've got to be unified to see this great and mighty harvest. It can't be your idea or somebody else's idea. We've got to have one idea and be marching as one body, marching as one army that all of the lost of Kennebec Valley and beyond would be saved. 
There's a story about Moses that's in the heat of the battle. In Exodus chapter 17, we read, starting with verse 11, And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Come on, that sun is about to set right now. And somebody needs to hold up the hands of the man of God tonight. One of the Hebrew meanings of the name of Aaron is strong. And one of the meanings of her is liberty. So when we lift up the hands of the man of God, it brings strength and liberty in the spirit. When you get behind the man of God and you lift up his hands, uh, there's strength uh, and liberty that comes uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Working together, there's victory upon victory upon victory and blessing uh, on top of blessing uh, on top of blessing. It won't stop uh, when you're in alignment uh, with the word of God and the man of God. It's very likely that when when we align ourselves with the man of God that he's placed in your life and in my life, not only will it affect being a, a great effect in his kingdom on somebody else, but it also will affect you and your family. It's going to affect your own house. Now, I believe in the fivefold ministry. I believe that God gave to the church the fivefold ministry for a purpose. Ephesians 4 and 11 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets. And some evangelists, and some pastors, and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. The fivefold ministry has a purpose, and it's necessary to have them all active and working in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. It's necessary. But sometimes I think we may have an incorrect view. Of how that works. Sometimes. Let's just take the case of an evangelist for a minute. Sometimes. We think that an evangelist walks in. With his bags all packed. And ready to bring us some revival. He's ready to unleash revival upon us. And for great and mighty things to happen in the Holy Ghost. So we're just waiting for the evangelist to come. And we're waiting for him to open up that. That suitcase with revival, it's all packed and ready to go. So it happens. Come on, Zedric. The first night, that evangelist comes and he preaches, and the power of God moves. The Holy Ghost begins to get poured out. And we feel that, and we are just shout and hoop and holler, and we're grateful for what God's doing. The second night, we're we're stirred and we're ready. We get some people there. Amen. And God just begins to move and healing starts to happen. Come on, you're my healing. Healing starts to happen. And we're excited because people are being healed. And we're excited because, again, the Holy Ghost is being poured out. We get all excited because of that. And, and you know what? On that second night, well, let's move to the third night. Third night. 
comes along. We've, got, we've had all this stuff happen, the Holy Ghost and healings, and we're just waiting for the next thing to be brought out of the bag, for that miracle to come to us, for that, that revival to be unleashed out of the suitcase for us. Come on. Somebody's waiting for a word of prophecy. You got your word. Somebody is waiting to be restored. And there's restoration in the house, and we're super excited about that. And all of a sudden, Brother Michael, your lungs are healed, and there's great miracles that happen in the house. In the name of Jesus, get up there. In the name of Jesus, be healed by the authority of the word and by the power of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Every neurological issue in the name of Jesus. And we're super excited. Brother Edgar, we say, God, I want more of it. I want more. I want more. And the Holy Ghost comes. Get up there, brother. We're excited because the Holy Ghost came. And we expect that that evangelist has brought revival to us. But the fourth day comes, uh, and before that comes, all of a sudden that evangelist will say, I'll take that. Go back and sit down. <laughs> Revival's over. He packs up his suitcase and he moves to a different town. Come on. That is an incorrect thinking of how the, the work of an evangelist is supposed to take place. Hallelujah. Sometimes we treat them as a superhuman with superpowers. We treat them with a the mentality that, well, they've got it all bundled up. And all that revival sits right there in that suitcase. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I've come tonight to remind somebody that every day is revival. I've come to remind somebody tonight that revival didn't leave when Brother Trey Cornwell left. Revival didn't leave when Brother Costa left. Revival didn't leave when the last evangelist left before that. But revival is here to stay. It's in you. As part of our text, we read in Luke chapter 9, where God sent out the 12 first, representing the ministry. But then we read in Luke chapter 10 of our text, where God sent out the 70, representing the church. It's true that God first empowers the ministry. But God did not just limit his power to the ministry. He did not just limit the, the miraculous uh, to the ministry. He has ordained you. He has empowered you with the power of the Holy Ghost. It is in you. Revival is not in a suitcase. Revival is inside of you. Woo! To those who are submitted to the godly authority in their lives. He has given power to you through the Holy Ghost to see the same things come to pass that come through his ministry. That's why Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. There is a power in you that you've not tapped into some of you yet. But God has revival already designed through you. It's inside of you. You've got to work according to the power that's already been placed in you through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Luke 4 and 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I also know the word of God says in John 14 and 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, Jesus is saying this, whom the Father will send in my name. There's power in the name of Jesus. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. That's the words of Jesus. And you know this, but if you were to ask Google, hey Google, what's a ghost? Don't you know that Google knows everything? What's a ghost? Well, you know that Google would tell you that it's an apparition or a spirit of a dead person which is believed to appear or become manifest to the living. Who is the one who died for you? Jesus. And if you have the Holy Ghost, the spirit of Jesus living inside of you, it's time for that spirit inside of you to be made manifest to the living, to all the living, to the harvest that God has called us to. Let that Holy Ghost come out. Because revival does not come in a suitcase. But rather by the Spirit of Jesus inside of you. And you can say as Jesus did because you have that Spirit in you. If you spoke with tongues and been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. You're born again of the water and the Spirit. Amen. You can say as Jesus did. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He, come on, say it to yourself. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering, sight, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. Every one of us is called the minister. Every one of us is called to the harvest. Every one of us. You don't believe me? What Acts 1 and 8 says, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then it says you're going to be a witness. He's given you power. Everybody that has the Holy Ghost inside of them was called to be a witness. How hard is it to witness? It's not very hard. Where did Jesus bring you from? What has he done in your life? Tell him about it. He brought you out of the miry clay. He brought you out of those addictions. He brought you away from pornography and he brought you away from alcohol and he brought you away from drugs. He brought you out of all that stuff. And now because I've obeyed Acts 2 and 38, look what God has done in my life. I am just a living testimony of the goodness of God. It's not hard to witness. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be he reconciled to God. Now it's easy for us to believe that miracles can happen at the hands of the evangelist. Come on, we come with faith. It's easy for us to believe that, that miracles can come at the hands of pastor. But what about your hands? What about your hands? Come on, look at your hands right now. What about, there's healing in your hands right now. You have not realized 
I'm going to prophesy right now. You have not realized that even during this service that God has already imparted the gift of healing and some other things into some of your lives. While the Holy Ghost was stirring this place, God was imparting things into you so that you could be greater in the kingdom of God. You need to wake up to what God is doing. What about your hands? Sometimes it's scary. Stepping out in those deep waters is scary. You know what I mean. But one thing I have learned is when you step out, God will always back you up. He will not leave you hanging. I've learned that from experience. God will not leave you hanging. I remember in my own life, when I started to see people that were ready to receive the Holy Ghost before they even came to the altar, and I began to think it was a little spooky and a little scary. Well, it got quiet in here all of a sudden. And I remember being over in the school building for whatever reason. My dad was over there. I remember having a quick conversation with him about it and telling him, hey, I don't understand. I, I, I'm seeing people that are ready to be filled with the Holy Ghost before they ever even come to the altar, before they ever ex even express that they want the Holy Ghost. God's showing me that he wants to fill them with the Holy Ghost. And he's ready to fill them. And he said, he just kind of chuckled. I remember he just kind of chuckled a little bit. And he said, son, I've seen that gift in your life for a long time. Just keep working it. The more you work it, the easier it gets. That's all I got. I'm telling somebody it's the same thing right now. God is imparting things in your life that you've not even realized that God has imparted. You hear me right now. God is imparting gifts in this last day, this last hour, that his church would be more apostolic than it ever been before. God is ready to use your hands. God is ready, KK, to use your mouth. You don't have to be afraid. You can open that mouth, and God is going to speak through you. Come on, in the name of Jesus, I don't care who you are right now. God, Jeremiah, he's ready to use you. All you got to step out is to do it is in faith and say, God, right now, I believe you to work. God, I believe you're Right now in this classroom he's ready to use you your hands we've got to get it in our mind that God is ready to do it hallelujah God wants to see his kingdom advanced even more than you do God is ready to use every person who has submitted themselves to him and God's delegated authority in his life he's ready so tonight I challenge you to take a new step. If you don't do it already, I challenge you that when you go to the store and somebody you meet, you begin to talk to and they begin to express a problem or a situation, don't wait to bring it back to church, but right then and there say, would you mind if I prayed with you? Why not? You can come back to the house of God with a testimony, with a dance in your step and say, hey, it wasn't on Sunday, but it was on Monday. It was on Tuesday. It was on Wednesday. It was on Thursday. It was on Friday. I saw God do it. Come on, if we'll do it, I believe that God will do what he promised he would do. I believe that we'll see miracles at Walmart. We'll see miracles at Sam's Club. We'll see miracles at Target. We'll see miracles at hospitals. We'll see miracles at the school and at the state house. Amen. We'll see miracles transpire as we step out as the hands of God. God's ready to do it. Anybody that has the Holy Ghost... God is ready. Anybody who will submit themselves to God, God is ready to do it for you. And I know that we've already experienced the power of the Holy Ghost moving this place tonight. But I do feel in the Holy Ghost is going to come again. There's going to be another wave of the Holy Ghost. Some of you probably already know this, but I'm going to share it as I wrap up.
Brother Joe, come give him hope. John chapter 3, verse 1 through 8. says this, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher, come from God. No man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot, cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter. He can't go into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And listen to this. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst tell whether it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. In other words, the wind comes and goes as it wants to. You can't tell where it's coming from oftentimes or where it's going to, but you sure can hear it. And there is a sound that comes to everyone that is born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. That's why Acts chapter 2 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord. And in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all of the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know these things. It takes more than believing. The Word of God says in Mark, it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. It takes more. Even Cornelius, a very devout man who loved God, he gave offerings. But there was something missing in Cornelius' life. And God miraculously arranged a meeting between Peter and Cornelius. And we read in Acts chapter 10, While Peter yet spake these words, Cornelius was hungry. The Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Somebody in this house tonight is going to speak with tongues. Amen. For the first time, I believe in the Holy Ghost. God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. If you want the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill you with His Spirit tonight. All you've got to do is do what Peter said and obey what Peter gave for a plan of salvation in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. It doesn't matter how many sins you've committed. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And just like it happened for those in the book of Acts, you will speak with tongues. And you'll know that you've been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. I know tonight that God wants us to be equipped for this day and for this hour. And He is equipping us. He has equipped us. But we've got to be tanked up on the Holy Ghost. So we can step out in power with the boldness of the Holy Ghost in our lives. So I'm asking anybody 
that wants to be filled, refilled, tanked up some way, somehow, ready to work in the harvest, I'm asking you, would you stand to your feet and get to the front as fast as you can? Amen. If you want God to use you in a greater way, you want the gifts of the Spirit to, to work in your life in a greater way, you want to be overcome with the power of the Holy Ghost. These young people are hungry. And I know the Word of God says that He fills the hungry. He comes to the thirsty soul. And right now I believe in Jesus' name that God is going to pour His Spirit out in a great way.